I'm Steven. And I'm Kevin. And in today's episode of the Steven and Kevin Show, we talk about hearts on Twitter, the best way to prepare for a coaching session, and intimate events between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode seven of the Stephen and Kevin show. We have a lot of great questions to cover today. Some of them are coming uh, via email. Some of them are coming via Twitter. And we're actually about to head off to Chicago. So we thought, hey, let's uh, let's try and record an episode before we leave. Uh, yeah, let's do it. And uh, today, three questions to be exact. And we're going to start off with a question from Kevin McWilliams at K McWilliams. And he says, is there a client event that works well between Thanksgiving and Christmas, or is it best to wait for the start of the new year? A really good question. And by the way, if you have a question, use hashtag AskStephenAndKevin. And um, with, with Kevin's question here, um, there definitely are some events you can do. And I think a lot of advisors sometimes do go into almost hibernation mode right now, and they think, oh, I, you know, I have no reason trying to pull an event together right now. People are obsessed with the holidays, and they don't want to spend time doing that. But it's actually a, a great time to try and pull some people together. Uh, what are some events, Stephen, that you've seen? You're going to throw well? it to me now when it comes yeah, time for yeah, the ideas? Yeah, when it comes for an idea. <laughs> I, I oh, just, believe me. There's a lot of great ideas. Stephen, hit them with it. Let me give you a little bit of fluff. And then, Stephen, <laughs> Stephen why don't you uh, hit them with an actual idea? Well, uh, as you were talking, I was thinking of a couple. But, you know, prior to that, I was thinking uh, one one thing to, to caution. People do have busy schedules around the holidays. That's true. And, and all else equal, you might want to host events that are a little smaller in nature. The, the coaching session I just got off, we we're talking about just that, that, you know, some dinners and functions are harder to pull together now. So if you're focused on some that might be, you know, a cooking class for, uh, you know, two or three couples or easier to pull together than something that might have, you know, 15 or 20, 20 people there where you're coordinating a lot of wacky schedules this time of year. That's right. Uh, there all, there's also, even though this isn't technically an event, there's a need for one-to-one dinners. Hey, I wanted to take you out over the holidays for, uh, for a dinner with, uh, with you and Michelle. When's good for you? I mean, there's a, there's a need for that type of thing as well. Yeah, so definitely, let me okay. hit that ball back to you for the actual I, good ideas. I just want to be the hype man. I want you to, <laughs> I want you to give the ideas, and I'm just going to say, oh yeah, that's right, uh-huh. good job. Um, we we've seen an event before, uh, family photo day, because mm-hmm. you know around Thanksgiving and the holidays, families get together. Uh, you could pull together. Hey, look, we we got a professional photographer at our office. Uh, we can do, we're going to do family pictures. Bring the dogs. Bring the grandkids. You know, you know whatever it is, and let's let's do a family photo. And we've seen even gift wrapping days mm-hmm. where people have a lot of uh, a presents for the holidays. And I know me personally, one, I'm a terrible gift wrapper and I hate doing it. It's like the worst job for me. And so hire some interns or some college kids, bring them in, pay them hourly and let them wrap gifts, have some hors d'oeuvres and some things at your office have you ever seen way. a present wrapped by a college kid kevin these are uh, i know the but you, there, there's got to be some maybe, well, maybe, you, maybe you need to do an interview first where you actually give them a present to wrap and, there you and go. say hey let's see let's see how well you do here Aww. you're hired yeah, you are not hired but you know as, as you were talking there kevin i was thinking about what would be of interest to me i'll tell you what i always wait till the last minute to buy presents i'm self-aware it's a terrible trait i realize that yeah. but i'm unable to correct it without some outside intervention if you were the advisor and you invited to me to right this time of year and said, hey, we're having a holiday gift buying strategy session here. Come to us. You're going to leave with a game plan. Uh, you're going to know where the sales are. You're going to know what you're going to think through what you're going to buy for people in your life. The thoughtful gestures. It's not all about gift giving. You know, you're going to think through, uh, 
you know, who you need to reach out to, what you're doing with Christmas cards, that sort of stuff. Hmm. You know. That is out of the box. Out of the box, but it would help me. So you know, I, but reach out to me if you're planning I, one of those events. I'm all about Amazon in advance. Get it done. Very thoughtful. I thought you'd be more of a gift card guy. You know? A g- gift card. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what was the study we saw recently that said, uh, you know, millennials are more likely to favor generic gift cards, like a Visa gift card. Right. Uh, and seniors are more likely to favor those that uh, are for a specific store. Okay. They, think, they see it as more thoughtful. You're, you're not mailing it in as far as the gift buying process goes. Yeah, gift cards are, uh, are mailing it in without a but, doubt. But, you know, and we all leave a lot of money on those things. That's, uh, oh, that's yeah. what the data shows. Yep. So, nevertheless, if you're thinking about a client event, go for it. What's hurting you? You know, worst case that happens, you plan an event. It's, uh, you know, you get half as many attendees. Still worth the effort. I think and, so. And uh, good time of year for all that. Yeah. And by the way, thanks for everyone who's joining us via Periscope. I know some of you are, are scoping right now. Is that what you would call it? Scoping? I would not personally, but thank you nonetheless <laughs> no, but, for those yeah, joining thanks, us. Thanks for joining us if, you're, if you want to watch the unedited version, which has behind the scenes. And it's hilarious. Uh, no, don't not, oversell not, it. Not really. All right. So second question today, Kevin, from Jacqueline. Jacqueline Marie 84 What do you guys think about Twitter switching from favoriting tweets with a star to liking with a heart? Hashtag ask Stephen and Kevin. Me personally, I've spent a lot of sleepless nights thinking about this question. <laughs> I just, you know, I can't get my arms around it. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you, I'm sure you have, Stephen. Uh, you know, this is I, – I, I like it. I think it's pretty cool. I know that some people are really annoyed by it, that you know, it's no longer favoriting things on Twitter. Now it's all about liking them. Uh, I think it's easier to engage. I have a, an article here from TechCrunch. That basically says that in the first week of them making this change, uh, Twitter sees a 6% increase in activity. It's probably what they were after, right? It's exactly what they're after because it's, it's, it's – I think it's more confusing to think I'm favoriting something. What does that mean? Is that like a bookmark? Is yeah. that like a – versus like, 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 right? I mean same thing with – it integrates with Periscope. Um, you, th- you think about you know when you're – Periscoping something, you tap on it, you give it a little heart, give it a like. Same with Instagram, super popular on Instagram. Exactly. Uh, and you could see them trying to capitalize on some of that momentum. But what was some of the negative feedback, Evan? I remember reading some stuff when that first happened. People were saying. People were negative because I think it's just hardcore Twitter users. Well, right? they were, you know, the, one of the things I read that somebody was saying, uh, you know, when you when you favorite one or it's basically saving one and you're not indicating whether or not I'm in favor of this post or not, when you heart it, you're saying basically I like this post. I agree with this viewpoint. And that's not necessarily what that group of users was trying to say. Yeah, I, I, I could see that perspective. Um, I, I think it's really smart. I, I, Twitter, we, we talked about it in one of the first episodes, is making some major changes. This is kind of one of the first steps in that direction. I think it's easier to understand. Obviously, increased engagement. I think it's a good thing. Uh, yeah, and let's see how long-standing that is. Six percent increase in the week after the heart. Is it because it's a novelty? Six percent? Uh, well, maybe. Yeah. So I, I found myself personally harding up things, right? Liking, liking a lot of things. You're a good man. Thanks. Hey, all right. Last question, Kevin. What is the best way to prepare for a coaching session? This was a question that came via email. We get it often from newer coaching clients who want to maximize the coaching experience. This is not a, a pitch for our coaching services, although we do provide such services and we enjoy it. Yeah, um, and a lot of our clients watch the show, so I can see how this question would, would come through and make sense. Now, part um, of it is, you know, we, you don't want to use your coaching session to... Um, it is obviously to reflect on what you're doing day to day. It's a time to pull yourself out of... Uh, you know, the minutia of running your business and into more of a planning mindset. But at the same time, 
some preparation goes a long way in towards uh, in terms of um, this is just stuff that, that was in my mind this morning, Kevin. Documenting some of the past interactions you've had in the prior week. Okay. If your focus is on marketing with your coach, when did you offer that second opinion? When did you use LinkedIn for prospecting? When did you ask for an introduction? How did those things go and what can we learn from them? If you're thinking about that on the fly in your coaching session, it's okay. But if you have it well documented in advance, we think it helps. You're going to get the most out of that time yeah. with your coach. Um, here, here's, a, here's a tip. Uh, remove any distractions. Mm. And, when you, when you, it, and it's so easy, especially you know, with, with a computer in front of us, a phone in front of us. A lot of times uh, you, you could easily, I could see your mind wandering a little bit uh, in coaching. Turn that stuff off. Uh, so that you can actually be in the moment there with the coach, get the most out of it. Uh, next tip for me is think ahead about what you have on your calendar in advance and what you'd like some feedback on. Mm-hmm. If you've got a big charity function you're attending coming up next week or a big family celebration where you think there's going to be some prospective clients there or some COIs, use that as an opportunity to brainstorm these things with your coach. Uh, I mean, let's let's face it. Most people are sleepwalking through their day-to-day anyway. Yeah. So, you know, we're saying prepare before you have a coaching session to prepare. And that might sound extreme to some people oh, out there, oh, but it's effective. You're going to come out of that thinking, all right, my strategic intent other than eating a lot of Turkey over Thanksgiving is <laughs> that I'm going to talk to uncle Bob or aunt Sue or cousin Charlie, because I know he or she is well-connected in the tech space. And I have some questions for them, whatever it might be. Uh, that, that kind of stuff to me is very helpful. Yeah. Um, another one I think is uh, embracing accountability. I mean, account- accountability without a doubt is incorporated into coaching if you want to have a good relationship with your coach, you need to embrace it, not fight accountability. So go in with the mindset. I think it's a mental thing that when you're on that session, knowing that, hey, if I didn't do it, bring that, that's okay, right? I mean, you can, you tell your coach that, but also you should feel a little bad about that too, right? You shouldn't, you shouldn't. Yeah, be exactly. Un- if you're meeting with your personal trainer yeah. and your personal trainer is giving you feedback and you've had an off week or two and you come in and you're talking with your personal trainer and you're defensive and you're saying, yeah. oh, well, you know, I had the holidays in there, Kevin, obviously. And, uh, you know, <laughs> right. I, and I would have done this and, and, you know, it really wasn't, you know. And we've been no. on those sessions. Yeah. We've conducted Cut those Cut to the chase here. Did you yeah. or did you not do the activity and, and let someone else hold you accountable and guide you in that process? Exactly. Embrace the accountability. So we have a podcast. You yes. can check it out. It's audio version. It's great for a plane ride, great for a car ride. Uh, check it out. iTunes, Stephen and Kevin show. Uh, again, we're on uh Periscope. Periscope. and uh, The scope. <laughs> the scope. Uh, <laughs> so you can check us out there as well. And thanks for tuning in. We appreciate our audience. We uh, Thanks for all the love out there, and we'll talk to you all next week. Thanks, everyone.